morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome, welcome. The slow road to better. Why do we do the slow road to better? Well, we've been lucky where we can talk about it to our our friends, people here at the Stroke Comeback Center, but now then we can tell more people across the world to learn about it. What is the it that we're talking about? Aphasia. Stroke yeah. survivors. Mm-hmm. TBI people. Life moves on. Inspiration help listeners. That our inspiration of a bridge of hope. I love it. Trying to help each other a lifeline. Part of it also is we started doing it. It's not because we just wanted to tell everyone to see what happened to us. But also we wanted to get better talking ourselves oh, with the phaser. Sure. And we wanted to... One day, it's not going to, the phase is not leaving it, but we'd like to crush it a little bit. Let's listen in. Listen in. All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. 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 Well, today we have two very special guests with us on the slow road to better Their presence on the podcast today was really a request of the current members of the Slow Road crew when we were talking about how do people stay motivated and how do you keep keep going and how do you get back to the business of living? So today, I'm so, so happy to have Paul Berger and Stephanie Mensch with us here today. Paul has been a member of the Stroke Comeback Center since really before there was a Stroke Comeback Center. Paul and Stephanie were pivotal in helping Darlene get the center open and shaping what the center really is today. Paul and Stephanie are a force to be reckoned with in the aphasia world. For those of you who don't know Paul and Stephanie, they are the people behind strokesurvivor.com can check out their website. They are a publishing company. They've published six books. You can find them on their website. And it's a, Do you want to say the name? It, it's a how to conquer the world with one and attitude. Yeah, you got it. How to conquer the world with one hand and an attitude. That's a hobby. Hobbies. And the the I years ago um, like trains, and so it like paralyzed here. And so how? So it's just, just, um, that's me. <laughs> I'll probably put a screenshot of all of the, like from your, from your website in the comment section. So when I post it, the listeners will be able to see it and they'll have the link that they can go right to. Thank you. So Paul had his stroke um, at the age of 36. And right. if my math is correct, does that also mean that right now you have been a stroke survivor for 36 years? I guess. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's crazy talk, right? Stephanie, Paul's lovely bride, has been his care partner and, I don't know, organizer, gentle prodder. Yep. Never <laughs> gentle, pr- not so gentle, not maybe. Gentle. <laughs> <laughs> so they are a team. So 
So today I am going to turn it over to the members of the class to ask Paul and Stephanie to share their wisdom about how you keep going. How do you get back to the business of living? How do you stay motivated? So my question would be, and I know Paul from other classes we take and do a great job in those classes, but have you noticed a change in the way things have been over the last 30 years since you had your stroke? Well, Significant I change or oh, other yeah. than how the first, the initial change has a change back over those last 30 years going to rehab and things like that. Yeah, yeah, be, before like, one year ago, I mean, one year of like nothing. And so, um, so first it's like, um, you know, words and then, and then question and that's, and then question, and then a question, sentence. sentence. And um, so growing of speaking like that here. And reading. Reading, yeah, reading and books. So I, I've, I've noticed just in the classes we have together, you do a lot of writing of the words you want to say. Has that been the case for the last, for the whole time? Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, here it's the books, a lot, uh, my book, notebook. book. Yeah. And so right. it's like writing and like that here. So just because if in fact, let's say um, people say, what do you mean is that? maybe people say, oh, like either either stroke, not. So it's so people say, oh, I know what you mean. Like that. Right, right. And for our, as we say, for our listeners, you couldn't see, but Paul like opened up his vest and you will never find Paul without his little spiral notebook right. and his mechanical pencil. It's the one of the only people that always brings his own pencil to class. But it's a great strategy. And often you also use it as a way to let people know things that we talked about in the past. Because then I see a flip back through the pages and, mm -hmm. and use it as a reference tool. Like remember right. when we were talking about this? And I'm like, oh yeah. So a lot of times it's easier for you to write the word than it is for you to say the word. Yeah. Um, so that's a, great, that's a great tool for a lot of survivors. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, how say like bad, but, but it's, I know it's, but it's, you know, like a good for like sh shirt. So that's good. <laughs> so like, I don't. Yeah. You look like, uh, you found out that you could get back in the sixties, everyone was still wearing that. Like, you know, and that, I think in general, people got lazy in America, but I think you keep going doing the right stuff. That's what I think. So like I'm um, like uh, Stephanie, like you go to the um, like Disney. Disney World. Worlds. Okay. So it's like people like like people there. And um Do you want me to yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell the story real quick. Um there is a um a, a humor section in Disney World. You you go in a laugh a laugh stage. You go in there, and we were sitting sort of close to the front. And Paul had his vest in his pocket with uh, uh, pens and his little notebook and everything. And the comedian on stage 
zero, you know, looked at him and said, oh, you know, we have Mr. Science there. Why do you need all those pens? <laughs> and sort of picked on him. And Paul, just like he's doing now, was good natured and just laughed and, and nodded. And they didn't really expect you to say anything back, yeah. right? Because the comedian was in charge. Right. Um, and at the end, they said, uh, they gave, gave him a little button that said, I'm that guy. <laughs> and as we walked out, a couple of little kids said, hey, look, it's that guy. <laughs> So anyway. But yeah, Paul does high tech and low tech, you know, so the low tech is the pocket thing, but he's right. always on his um, smartphone um, looking up things and. Uh, Stephanie, uh, pause before and after stroke. How is your caregiver? Uh, how is the different? How is now? Um, well, before his stroke, Paul had, did a lot of stuff around the house and with the car and stuff. And um, as a caregiver, I had to take over a lot of his activities um, and new things like uh, working the system. Um, there's always paperwork. There's always phone calls. There's always system things. They're very complicated, even uh, for someone like me whose specialty was in advocating the system. So um, I can't imagine what it would be for someone else. And if you don't speak, if you if you have aphasia, it, it's very complicated. Um, but uh, the most important thing to me after Paul's stroke was to help him be as independent as he could be, so that he could um, he does things around the house now. Um, you know, he's as independent as he can be, and um, he contributes. He worked for many years. As Paul got better and more independent, it gave me more independence. And so that's that's very important, I think, to help um, other caregivers. Also, um, that I did what I did best, and so I was best at being an advocate. Um, and we hired other people to do stuff for him, other stuff for him. Like he had a a, a companion who came over during the day to drive him around the first year. Um, now he drives. Um, and um, I think the most important thing was our communication skills. And I think um, communicating before, you know, we talked about stuff, um, but I think we really worked on our communication after his stroke. And it's really, um, we went through many different phases because we got into one habit of uh, me cueing him and, and writing it down and trying to guess what he was saying and finishing his sentence to, um, letting to backing off and letting Paul say more and more and more mm -hmm. and and so now it, it just you, it's very easy to make a habit and very hard to break it and so we still fall into some of those old habits but I think learning to communicate and really working on it is what kept our relationship going and you know this year we celebrated our 40th anniversary yes. so I, and I think um, the mm -hmm. communication um, you know, being forced to learn how to, to really communicate. And, and Paul didn't want to just talk about what's on the schedule. He wanted to talk about his feelings and his opinions on stuff, you know, whether I agreed or not. So that's a long answer to your question, Kitty. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I guess I'm wondering, uh, for me personally, what, what do I, I'm like, how do you say the word? I guess I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm depressed or I'm just not motivated. Like the last couple of years, nothing to do with the, uh, the Corona. I mean, it's been almost five years and I'm just wondering, 
what I what do I what have what have you been doing, Paul, to just keep going day to day? You know. Well, um, yeah, the, the um, Stokenberg Center. It's obviously that's support of that, but also talk a little bit louder. Oh, sure. I'm sorry. Like strokesurvivor.com, you no, know, no. like I mean, yeah, stroke comeback, stroke survivor, stroke comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to aphasia. Yeah. So, stroke, stroke, like a stroke, stroke comeback sentence, center, sentence. <laughs> so, like that here. But also, just like, uh, okay, like, like me, like, um, interest of like space, okay. And, um, it is like a launch just uh, just now, um, and it's six months of like waiting of what it is of like past and like that here. So it's just waiting and like that, or what does it say about satellite, but also it's like past of like years ago and like that, or for instance, like interests like that here and just like, um, um, here's the, uh, um, the oasis, which is like learn of different things. Um, like uh, just now before, like before, like, like, like Virginia, um, like trains, okay. And uh, now it's like, um, like leg, leggers. Legos. Leg, leggers. Yeah. Legos. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul, so. Paul's working on a Lego um, space station. Well, he finished that. And then he did a, um, he's working on Lego shuttle. So it's a 2,000, no, yeah, 2,300 pieces of like shuttle and satellite like that. Yeah. So it's like that here, just, um, you know, like that here. And, and you're doing that with one hand? Mm -hmm, yeah. Wow. You know, it's hard, you know, it's like, whoops, like that here. So, you know, just, you know, that's how it is. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I help. Um, and really, he builds it like three times um, because he sometimes he does it wrong or sometimes it just falls apart. But the nice thing about Legos, even if you get a smaller set, is that there's no language. All the, all the drawings are in pictures. Hmm. So if you can follow the picture, um, then you can put it together. Um, and, you know, uh, having a creative outlet is very motivating because it takes him away from where he is. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, one, one of the problems with Legos is, though, sometimes it's hard to tell which direction it is because it's a two-dimensional two um, manual with a three-dimensional model. And so sometimes he puts it in upside down or backwards or something. But I, um, Yeah, I was doing some of those when I was still on the... Uh... Yeah, uh, I was in Walter Reed. They, I did a couple with the OT. Uh, the uh, well, she was in the army too, but it was it took small ones, tiny little like like a car or something. But it was it was just fun to do it. By the yeah. time you were done, you know, Pick maybe I should go get something. You're right, exactly. So you know, Ives space. I don't know about you know you what. Cars or anyway. oh, I I think you mentioned Oasis, which probably our listeners don't know, but it's a lecture series that's held in the community. 
And I think that's one of the things that I hear Paul talking about is not only did he find a way to continue with interests that he had, like trains and space, but you sought out new, new avenues for learning. So you developed new interests right. and got out into the community. Even when your speech and communication isn't as good as it is now, um, Paul was active and is active in the Rotary. Paul went to Toastmasters. Paul went and went back to school. You put yourself out there. You have to be pretty vulnerable. But yeah. I think that's where the good stuff is. Oh, like here, like, uh, like was it was six months ago, no, uh, three months ago, like, uh, like um, a hotel. And what is it? It's some. Um... Oh, he did um, extra. <laughs> So mistake, you know, but he, you know, he did it once or twice, but you know, it's a boom. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you know, that's okay. You know, he tried something new. But you know, uh, about the motivation and and feeling a little blue. Um, Paul has often has gone through those times, and um, a couple of things that helped him, I noticed, was to have a a routine. Yeah. Um, so that he had appointments or things that he had to do to get up for. Um, we tried to have um, Monday through Friday, we tried to have a, like a workaday routine, get up um, at an early time, get dressed, um, get all set. Um, the Stroke Comeback Center classes helped add to that routine. Um, rotary meetings were weekly and, and these other things that wow. he could set up. Um, we go grocery shopping. Um, uh, routinely together on a certain day. And, and so there's different things that he, we, he tries to have a routine. Um, before the pandemic, he, he was in charge of doing certain things. And so it was his routine to go to the lawn, you know, lawn, you know the cleaners and, and stuff like that. And as long as he had a routine, um, it made it easier for him to get up. We kept a calendar. He knew what he was supposed to do each day. And we checked the night before and sometimes put up sticky notes in the bathroom mirror to remind you, you know, why, why you're getting up at six o'clock and what you need to do. Yeah. But, um, uh, and then also, um, you know, so I think that when, when I noticed that he was blue was when um, he didn't have, a, he didn't have his routine right. um, or his routine got mixed up. Um, you know, things got canceled or changed. And, and so that was, that was hard to, to, uh, you know, that was a difficult time. So, so if, if you can find classes or volunteer like Sean or something that you can do on a routine, you know, routine, even pickleball sounds like a, gr a good routine yeah, yeah. Um, that, that may help you. Also, do you want to talk about your exercise? Cause that's a good Yeah. Well, just, yeah. And actually that's, you know, if in fact, like, you know, like um, bad, you know, and walking like that here, it's good like that here. So, you know, 30 minutes of like exercise, which is good, which is, you know, um, happy like that here. Um, and um, so like me, like um, um, 30 minutes of like walking and then I'm like physical therapist, like tape and like that here. So like, uh, and then like therapists come here, you know, there, you know, and also just um, 
like laughing just uh, like like TV. So for instance, like in here is the Tears or like um, Fraser. Yeah, Fraser. You know, or like Monk. You know, so just something which is just so it does not not think about me. You know, just watch that. Paul and Stephanie, you are you are a true couple because my ex boyfriend and I, uh, he said he feels like he was a father but not my boyfriend. And for you, Paul and Stephanie, you are so much couple and Stephanie is caregiver, but her wife and Paul, your uh uh you are you are husband and wife and so couple and you are so true because my ex-boyfriend and i before before i i before my injury my couple but after my injury he feels like he is a father just the switch you know just the switch. So I think one thing I'd like to know from Stephanie is how your life has changed. I know my wife's life has changed quite a bit. So I think that'd be just good to know where things were, where they are now. I mean, it's been a long time, but are you, have you always been okay with it? Was there some issues? Um, well, you know, Paul was 36 and I was 32. And so we didn't really know what we were getting into, you know, it just, um, we, we knew it was a little bit more severe than getting over a broken leg or something, but, um, and, and I kept working. Um, I, we, we had to keep, you know, I needed to keep working and Paul's goal was to go back to some kind of work, which he did. And so we, we tried to do, we tried to make it so that, um, I worked from nine to five or whatever. And Paul's job from nine to five was to do his therapy and to get better. And then eventually he worked. Um, and, and so that, um, so when we got home at night, we talked about our day. Um, so that, that was what we tried to do. So, so I, I think uh, I tried to have other outside interests. Um, Paul, while he does his things like go to the stroke comeback center, I would do other things. You know, I retired two years ago, the idea that we travel <laughs> and, you know, having look, having traveled to look forward to was, you know, something, um, cause we've been a, a lot of places. Um, but, and, and I think that's the other thing. One of the things that we like to do a lot was travel and we just had to find different ways to do it. So, um, I, I would say a lot of my um, my time has been finding different ways to do do things so that the things that we like to do. Um, Paul actually went back to skiing. He went on with an adapted ski group and I just couldn't bear to go. Um, first of all, I didn't want to carry his skis and mine. <laughs> and so that was, you know, that sort of put it, put it out. But um, like I said, the, the thing that, that I've always lived by that, that helped me a lot, of course, my life changed and I was trying not to be Mrs. Stroke, you know, mm-hmm. and Paul right. trying not to be Paul Stroke or right. Stroke Paul, you know, and so we work very hard to be other things than just defined by the stroke. 
Stephanie, do you feel comfortable at all speaking to what Kitty said, though? I don't know. I don't even know what the question is. Like when you were listening to her say that, what were you thinking? Oh, are you still a stud? <laughs> he's a stud. Yeah. He's funny. He's um, I, I, well, he still has his opinions. Um, and um, I don't feel like his mom. Um, I knew his mom. <laughs> so she's, I'm not his mom. And that's right. the thing. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> It's um, he were, he making him independent was the most important thing. Um, I re, re, all relationships are different, and and actually we we used to joke that um, <laughs> I married his mom and he married my dad. Um, no. That was you know our what our personalities were like, and and it just has to do with personalities. But and unfortunately. Um, over the years, we've seen many couples not survive the stroke, yeah. younger couples not survive the stroke together. We've seen many of them break up um, because um, it, it's tough. Yeah. It, it's really tough when a person yeah. loses their job, um, when uh, they, their personality changes or, or the, your perception of their role changes and, and how they accept their new role or, or how they accept the changes. And mostly Paul didn't accept any of his changes. Um, and one, one of the big changes was that um, he was pretty shy yeah. as, a, as a kid and as a guy. And um, once he lost his ability to speak, he became very talkative. <laughs> like he'd go up to anybody anywhere and talk to them. That's a, so, that's a pretty much a phasia big time. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, like, I was like that too. Say again? I was very shy. I was the youngest of six kids and I wasn't allowed to talk. And then uh, after I got hurt, I, I still talk too much just because I'm practicing. I, that's what I tell people. I'm just that's practicing. Right. No, I actually like, like that. Uh, like talking, which is important. Uh, it, obviously, it's important that talking and like that. Or, so in fact, like me, like I remember like a grocery and you like walking and I say, yeah, uh, what is the name of that that and just say that <laughs> you know just talking like that here why not right can get a lot of practice in the grocery store yeah so <laughs> do you have any kids that have deal dealt with this too or no yeah, yeah. now like uh, my uh stephanie children so my no my my sister um had all the kids in my family mm. so she has four kids and we um, we've spent a lot of time with them. I mean, we were the only ones who had the time or the bravery to mm. babysit for four kids right. uh, and let my sister go away. Um, and they're great kids. Um, but um, we were there a couple of weeks ago when my sister drove her oldest son to, to college and right. we're trying to play Uno. And Uno is a game where you have numbers and you, you try, yeah. try to match the numbers. And Paul kept getting nine and six mixed up hmm. because they look the same. And we spent, um, I, I think my, my nephews tried to puzzle out how to help Uncle Paul figure out the difference between nine and six. Because he kept trying to match the nine with the six that was right. out. And um, uh, 
So they they drew him a car, they drew him a, a little cheat sheet and they put it in the Uno pile and it helped. And and you know, they marvel at how games of chance like that um Uncle Paul almost seems to win. So so uh, Paul and uh Stefan, Stefan, I can't say your name, Stefan. Me. So in, um, I guess it was in the, the summer of um, 2009 and uh, Patty and I went up to uh, Michigan aphasia and I was still in the army. So I was allowed to go and I had like a, uh, we got like a car and we would drive over there and then they had a place and they had like all these, uh, oh shit, what are they called? Um, not like books, but like CDs for all these different books. And so we just said, okay, let's hit this one so we could listen to the car. We knew like at the weekend we'd be like go over, go to uh, Detroit and like go different places. And so we got your, your book we no. just said at a we had no idea who you guys were or nothing we got it we just listened to that book and uh i remember like the story paul when like like your house where you guys were living and you had to like walk up the stairs was like impossible isn't that mm -hmm. part of the the story <laughs> and then the one thing weren't you like in uh oh, in Scotland or Wales or something, and you went wandering around in the the, the coal or something. Oh, right. <laughs> Is it, and you just went wandering around, and like it's like your friend was with you, and then like like the people are supposed to be following with you and everything, and then all of a sudden you're just by yourself, and they they couldn't find you. Like they just had left you or whatever. I don't know. I just I just right. remember reading. I don't remember the whole book, of course, but uh, but I, I just remember, and then uh. And that's when we came back to here. I was still in the army. I was for here, and uh, Patty found the stroke comeback center, and uh, she's like, "Those are the people the story's about. They're the ones who kind of started the stroke comeback center." So then, I was still in the army. I only had like a year to go, or I could stay there for a year. But uh, we went over there in Vienna and talked to them and see if I. You know, can I can I come or what, what should I do or whatever? I did I? Uh, sorry, I went and talked to you with uh, Darlene and everything. So yeah, so I yeah I I I retired. I guess is in like April of 2011, I think. And then like like four months later, I was was going to the uh, Stroke Comeback Center. So. It all started from that that book you guys did, you know, with the attitude or whatever. Yeah, it is hard. Like here's before, you know, like before it's like work before, and speech not, like paralyzed not. So it's just like, well, that's how it is. So you know. So is there anything you're looking to accomplish going forward? I know you've made so much improvement in the last thirty years. Is there still more stuff you want to do or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously, like a speech, but uh, it is hard, you know. What about for the Stroke Comeback Center? Is there anything specific you want them to do? Uh, what do you mean? 
Well, is there anything different you want the Stroke Comeback Center to do versus the classes? Like we take the classes in Rockville and then these one via uh, internet and everything. Well, obviously, like, uh, like, uh, like it's one day, like, uh, that here. So hopefully, like, people, like, uh, people of there of like two or three days, like that here. It's obviously it's important, like that here. I yeah. think the for Paul the um, the Stroke Comeback Center has been you know a huge way to support the community of people like him who are motivated, you know, who who want to get better. They don't just want you know um, to sit around and and you know be entertained. They they. Paul really puts his heart into the classes. He'll do do homework before. He'll you know research things before and try to follow up afterwards. Um, and so he's very committed. Um, I think what we both would like is to be able to do more together. You know, I think we miss the the picnics and the you know the yeah. holiday parties and things in yes. person. Um, yeah. Just being around other people like yourself is um, helpful. Yeah, and, hopefully with the coronavirus, will narrow down a little bit more and we could get back to in-person things. Yeah. Right? And to have more travel adventures. Yeah. Huh. To get back to traveling. And, all, right. and people like baseball. <laughs> and baseball, yeah. <laughs> Dante, do you have any questions for Paul and Stephanie? No, um, just... Um, together and uh, motivate him um, because I'm stuck and that's it. Um, no, just go progressing and uh, normal and then push for more with school and I did, um, build some um, the brain so um, it's it's really good to um, in a box and um, the speech and and that's it. Um, no, just pushing and pushing and who knows? Um, you know that I did it with um, like uh, speaking and um, expressing yourself and didn't know it. Um, so, um, yeah. So no limits, right? Just keep pushing, yeah. keep pushing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually like way four, um, like people like book. So like, uh, like people say, go and like speaking like that here. So it, it um, so uh, just um, maybe 30 minutes of speaking like that here. Practice, you know, probably one, one month, I guess, and practice and practice. We're talking about um, practicing, Paul practicing for his speech. Um, he, it usually took more than a month, um, uh, especially early on to learn to give a speech. To he would practice it over and over and we change words that he would trip up on. Um, but if anything made me feel like put a nail in my head <laughs> um, as a caregiver listening to him practice and he needed to have someone in front of him because to help him make sure he said the things the right way. Um, and um, so it, it's proof that he can learn to be fluent 
um, and that he was always learning. And um, the benefit of some of that, giving those speeches, was he picked up some phrases that were useful that he could continue to use. Okay, two questions. Pat wrote in the chat box, have you guys moved since your stroke? So have you had the pleasure of moving? And then I would also say, Paul and Stephanie, what did we not ask you that you think all of our listeners should know? Wait, so, the, oh, the first question is, did we move? Yes. So why don't you talk about so that? That's, so here's the Falls Church. Um, oh, right. After your stroke. Oh, right. That, that's first like Arlington first. And then, and then go, and then how many? To Falls Church. Yeah, then Falls Church. That's, um, I think, 35 years, I think. And then here, which is like, oh, this is, this is like apartment. This is five years now. In Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah. So we we lived in a little row house with the bathroom and bedrooms upstairs, and we had a stair lift. Um, and but that meant that Paul couldn't carry his coffee up to his study. Important. <laughs> um, and so then um, Paul, we moved to a, a Rambler, a one level house, um, so that Paul could um, do um, could move you know move around and. Um, carry his coffee into his his office and everything. Um, and we eventually, um, oh, I think we were there about 30 years and decided to move to Bethesda to be closer to my family. We had the kitchen and the bathrooms remodeled to make them more accessible to help Paul be independent. So he can, he does our, our he prepares dinner. Um, he can make his own breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, and also um, the bathroom, it, it's completely accessible, so he doesn't need any help in the bathroom from me. Um, yeah. But moving after 30 years, whoever you are, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big deal. I mean, I it's a big deal. Paul and Stephanie, what didn't we ask you that you think our listeners should know? Well, I guess it's hard for people that... Um, <laughs> so like, like this, sir, just... Um, well, anyway, for like people, like like lost, you know, people. I mean, like uh, people, like uh, um, friends, 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 are hard, like like that here. Um, I'm, you know, just that's how it is, you know. You didn't want to say that. Yeah, oh, oh, the overcoming aphasia is a lot like climbing a mountain. Mm. Like good point you know so who knows when when, when and it's like more we just practice like that i'm not sure what also cause a bunch of notes <laughs> just like um motivation is just do it that's it you know if it, if in if in fact it's you know let like me go to like a men club just go and obviously speech is a hard but if in fact, like just talking of, of uh, people, just do it, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's hard for like uh, people, like you know, like uh, sentence is hard. But that's 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 people there. But if if in fact, like um, say that's how it is, you know. Right. Right. 
you know, sometimes Paul has a thick skin and sometimes he doesn't. Sure. And when he goes out into um, a group, um, especially people who are not, you know, part of the a stroke community, um, it can be pretty hard to, um, you know, take some of their ignoring him or talking over him or not not acknowledging what he's trying to say and helping him through it. Um, and so sometimes he comes home and he's um, a little frustrated and a little blue about yeah, that, yeah. but um, he likes being around people. Yeah. And so, you know, he tries to keep a thick skin about it. Yeah, that's, how, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's, you know, it's, that's how it is. I think the number one thing we want to say is that um, while a lot of the medical community might say you stop making progress or significant progress after a certain time, we haven't found that to be true. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, it's months, years, decades later, new things, words pop out of my, Paul's mouth that um, surprised mm -hmm. me. Like um, he, Pennsylvania, a three syllable difficult word pops out mm -hmm. from time to time. So, you know, it just don't stop. Um, some, one of our therapists said the therapist sometimes plateaus, not the patient, yeah. and, um, you know, what, what insurance pays is different than what actually the patient or the survivor or the person can, can use and continue doing, which is why the, we love the stroke comeback centers approach. Really? Um, I would also say Paul has one of the best senses of humor. Um, he's able, he's able to laugh at himself. He does not take himself too seriously. He's able to laugh at the rest of us as well. And so I think that helps in hard situations. Yeah. Um, Paul and Stephanie, thank you so, so, so much for being part of our discussion today. Uh, listeners, be sure to to check out Paul and Stephanie um, at their website, strokesurvivor.com. Check out their books. They're all very motivating, but they're also really, really functional and helpful. Help you get back to the business of living. And with that, I think we're going to wrap it up on this episode of... Thank you. Slow Road to Better. Slow Road to Better. Our lawyers made us say this. This... Disclaimers. What about disclaimers? Your opinion, the group opinion is not valid. Well, it is, but it's valid, but I'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. Who's doctor? There's um they they their doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So, if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen. <laughs>